0: Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas.
1: From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with the editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report. Stephanie Regal It's business Baton Rouge style
2: Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Say what you want about Louisiana, but we're blessed here with a lot of lush greenery, natural wildlife, and a temperate climate that allows for outdoor recreation. We also have a beautiful environment that we tend to take for granted, and as a result, have one of the worst environmental records in the state, and a host of regulations to deal with it. But all of that's created a lot of business opportunities for local entrepreneurs, Joining me to discuss this today is Diane Baum, owner of Baum Environmental Group, a full-service consulting firm that specializes in helping commercial and governmental clients secure environmental permits dealing with things like stormwater runoff, while also providing the services to make sure those clients stay in compliance. Bomb does the planning and paperwork kind of stuff, but it also helps its clients with the technical work like silt fencing or hydro seating. The company also helps its clients determine their environmental risk and helps commercial and residential customers design more eco-friendly buildings and homes. Diane is a biologist who founded the firm in 1995 after leaving the Louisiana Department of Environmental Quality. Her vision at the time was to create a firm that would help small businesses navigate the maze of environmental compliance regulations affordably. And in the years since, she seems to have accomplished that goal. Diane, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Joining me and Diane today is Scott Ricca, owner of Clegg's Nursery, a locally owned garden center that has been something of an institution in Baton Rouge since its founding in 1955 by Sam Clegg. Over the years, the business grew, and in the 1980s, Sam Clegg sold it to his son, Marshall Clegg, who in 1999 sold it to two of its longtime managers, Tom Fennell, and our guest today, Scott. In the more than 20 years since, Scott and Tom have continued to grow the business, which now has four locations. They also have a wholesale growing operation, a 40,000-square-foot greenhouse that cultivates all the plants and flowers that they sell at their four locations. Scott is a native of Baton Rouge who got his degree in forestry and wildlife management at Louisiana Tech before returning to Baton Rouge and joining Clegg in the 1980s. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today. Y'all have such a wonderful store that everybody loves, and... Especially over the past year, we've all been spending a lot of time in our gardens. So I bet you're gearing up for another very busy season.
1: We are, Stephanie. Thanks for having me today.
2: <laughs> well, we have lots of things to talk about today. Diane, I'm going to go back and start with you, though. I mean, because your business is so multifaceted. And, and when we talk about environmental services, everybody's like, oh, cool, environmental services company. But, like, really, what does that mean? And, and just reading up on you all, covers a lot of different a lot of different services.
3: Well, yes, the environmental service industry is very broad and vast. And just like with engineering environmental services, they each have their own little niche. So when you hire an environmental consultant, if you need wetlands, you'll hire an environmental consultant for wetlands and that's all they do. And then you'll hire, for me, I generally do wastewater, which is sewer wastewater and stormwater, but we don't necessarily do air, and so if you need an air permit you hire an environmental consultant for that it's sort of similar to all a lot of the professionals whether it be an attorney or an engineer they all develop a niche and then they develop a um a profession around that niche and that's all they do. And so, if I, if you know, if someone came to me and said I need an air permit, I'd have to refer them to another environmental consultant. So, um, unfortunately, I guess for the general public, you don't have a multimedia profession. I mean, you need a um, an attorney. You go to a family attorney. You don't go to a criminal attorney. So it's it's sort of like that, you know. But that's what we do. We generally do stormwater and wastewater. We do sewer plants, Anything that has to deal with wastewater issues, uh, that's where I developed my uh, profession.
2: Get helping the clients, you know, get the permits that they need so that they, and then to stay in compliance.
3: Correct. And when I worked at DEQ, um, I worked at DEQ uh, years ago back in uh, 1995. Uh, and at that time, uh, you know, a lot of small businesses were starting to be impacted. It wasn't just your DAOs and your Exxons. And now your small mom and pops were being impacted by environmental regulations, uh, sewer permits, uh stormwater permits so that's when i decided i was going to move out and form my own business and figured that i could help small businesses uh with environmental permitting and compliance at a much lower cost threshold you know because it it does get very confusing i mean it's a maze you know of uh regulations and uh compliance issues well very interesting
2: okay so i want to come back to you to um Find out a little more about how you all are able to to do this affordably, um, but Scott, I want to bring you into the conversation because, as I mentioned, you know Clegg's is such a such a local institution, and y'all have locations throughout the market. Is um, you've always been with this company? Is this what you aspired to do when you were growing up?
1: Well, um, I developed a love of plants uh, watching my neighbor do his gardening, and. Um, thought I wanted to go more into the, uh, woodland area. But when I got out, there was not many jobs and just happened to have luckily landed in a spot kind of like a seed falling in the right spot that sprouts and flourishes. And that's how I came to be at Clegg's.
2: Wow. And, and, and you, you know, you worked under the original Mr. Clegg and then you worked under his son Marshall.
1: That's that's correct. Well, Marshall had just purchased the, um, store recently, uh, from his father, Sam, and his mother, Effie. And they had the one location at the Donmore uh, store, which was actually the second location. It's the oldest of the current locations. They started out initially on Florida Boulevard on a vacant lot uh, at 4411 uh, Florida Boulevard, not far from Foster. And um, then once Marshall purchased uh, the stores from his parents, he developed the Segan Lane location and the Greenville Springs location. And then when Tom and I purchased the stores in 99, in 2000, we purchased the property in Denham Springs and developed that location. And then in the early 2000s, we started what we call color division, which is actually adjacent to the Greenville Springs location. And we have uh, two large greenhouses with concrete floors, each of about a half an acre a piece. And then we have some other open bed areas and some other uh, enclosed areas without the concrete. Uh, We grow a wide variety of materials there. The first um, greenhouse we have in the last two years started opening it up just after Thanksgiving. We have an open house. We grow about 10,000 poinsettias. It's quite a sight to see when they all come into color at once. And we've been, you know, started inviting people in to look at that at that time. So other than that, color limits, color division has kind of been off limits, but now it's, People get in and see how beautiful it is.
2: So do you all grow just about everything that you sell yourselves?
1: Oh, no, no, no. We just we go through so much uh, volume that it's impossible to grow everything because it takes time to grow those things. And we sell it too much, uh, much more quickly than what we can produce it. But we grow uh, unique items and um, we grow herb pots. We grow different geraniums and different hanging baskets of different varieties that we would not be able to Acquire from other people, so it helps us uh, broaden our range of things to present to you, our customers.
2: And 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 where um, where do you get your the stuff that you don't grow from? I mean, your suppliers are all over the country. Are they mostly regional?
1: Uh, if it's small, if it's small flowers, uh, we buy those mostly close at hand, uh, maybe Plaquemine, Belchase uh, areas. Um, Woody ornamentals, maybe some from uh, um, South eastern texas a lot through central louisiana and some over towards the folsom area in louisiana so uh, but we we pull things from a lot of different areas but we try to pull as local as possible for everything that's great
3: diane are, are most of your clients local uh, well actually yeah they're all through, well they're throughout the southeast because we could do environmental permitting it's not Since we do consulting, we can actually consult for clients in Mississippi or Texas or Arkansas. So the bulk of our clients are in southern Louisiana.
2: And in terms of the permitting, then, are you, you have to be up to speed on on like EPA regulations or as well as the individual state regulations like DEQ, say in Louisiana?
3: Yes, you have to be up on the federal, because the federal they actually prescribe the initial regulations and then the state will adopt the federal regulations to uh, enforce. So EPA has delegated DEQ to enforce the regulations that they prescribed and then once DEQ gets it then actually you have another level where the municipalities such as the City of Baton Rouge would implement those regulations to the the people in the parish.
2: Now would somebody like Cleggs have to get some sort of a permit, you know for its growing facility if you're dealing with fertilizers or anything that might you know or even anything you built. or I mean is it small businesses like that, or is it more like a construction company or somebody? I mean
3: it's possible. I mean, I, I haven't, you know looked at his business per se, but uh, just hypothetically say uh, a business did have some stormwater discharge where they were watering a lot of uh, plants or something like that and fertilizers and a lot of products were going into the storm drain, then he would have to permit it. Um, there's some uh, exemptions for agricultural, and I think he may be under that exemption for Pacific and And, um, you know, nursery may be under that envelope. Uh, the agricultural industry does get exemptions for their field crops and things like that, so he may be under that umbrella. But typically, if you wash down anything into a storm drain, you're supposed to uh, test it.
2: I mean, do you consider yourself more like, I mean, are you an environmentalist or are you a business consultant that helps businesses deal with environmental rules?
3: I guess uh, a business consultant that loves the environment, that wants to help people with environmental rules. So I kind of uh, 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 hover between both. You know, I want to see the environment to be clean for all of us and future generations. But I also am pragmatic where businesses, they, I mean, they need to operate. And we need to do that in a practical manner, not something that's so onerous that prohibits people from opening business because
2: of regulation it's interesting point scott when we talk about the environment you know one of the big issues of course is, is climate change um how has that impacted your business your industry and the availability of the of the plants and woody ornamentals and, and flowers that you all sell and grow
1: um i don't know that it affects us much day to day uh a large bulk of our um, customers are just homeowners um, so that's not so much maybe the awareness of the homeowner to plant trees or something of that type uh, helps us along um, we do on occasion have uh, large groups um, even breck does a great job of planting trees and and they they are a customer of of Klex and and other nurseries in town so they come in and buy trees so i guess in the, in the broader range they we are affected by it, but maybe just a small slice of the pie.
2: Well, that's good to know. I mean, but but the the same kind of you know inventory that was available 30 years ago um, when you first got into the business is still is still around.
1: Um, actually, the availability is much greater. When I first got into the business, um, much of the material was grown uh, in ground and had to be hand dug uh, as far as trees. Uh, now they containerize material um they're growing above ground with uh, drip irrigation and not worried so much about mother nature watering the fertilization is done it's more controlled fertilization in the pot so you're lessening the amount of wash off uh, into the environment and they can grow and and in a container they can grow the plants much more quickly and so the turnover is um is greater uh greater availability to to all of us but I can remember when I started at the nursery, there was a device up at the front of the store. It was a can cutter because they used to sometimes put plants in the, the, the large food cans. They didn't have plastic pots. It hadn't been developed yet. So a customer would buy some of these cans. You would cut the can, so when the customer got home, they could get it out easily. So now it's plastics and uh, the turnover, you know, it just allows them to grow so much more quickly, more efficiently.
2: Wow, that's fantastic. And and who are most of your clients? Are they individual customers or is it larger commercial contracts? Uh, we
1: have both. Uh, we have some uh, large landscape companies that deal um, with us for a large amount of their material. Um, there are many landscape companies that go that bypass us and maybe go direct to someplace else to purchase their material. A large Base of what we have is just homeowners coming in and, and small landscape companies throughout Baton Rouge that might do cleanup and then replanting. So I, we we carry, we go through the whole gambit from a uh, lady that wants to buy, you know, two tomato plants to somebody that wants to buy 15 trees and put on the property.
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Scott Ricca of Clegg's Nursery and Diane Baum of Baum Environmental. Diane, who are most of your clients? Are they mostly businesses? Do you all have many residential clients that want some advice on a more eco-friendly house, for
3: instance? Oh, well, we do do uh, green home consulting, so we do have that. But in a sense, with that, a lot of people don't know that, so that usually comes through the builder. So we usually work through the builder to the client. Um, And he's the conduit to that. But um, of course we can always have people who will contact us from time to time, but we do certify homes to be green. So that's another segment of our business, which sort of overlaps. This just adds to our diversification where we could go. We often do a lot of uh, multi-family reviews for Energy Star because the federal government requires, if you build a multi-family apartment complex through Louisiana Housing, it has to be reviewed to be insulated, correct, and so on. So we do energy reviews on multifamily. But uh, in general, we have uh, residential builders, uh, which I was last year the chair of the Home Builders Association. So I'm very active in the Home Builders Association and the um, home builders and the commercial clients. So we have from big customers to small customers. Um, and they, They're wanting either energy reviews or stormwater or something like that.
2: And, and how many employees do you have? What, what size operation are y'all?
3: Right now, we have about ten employees, and then uh, and of course, I, I don't know if we're going to get into that, but eventually, when we get the tire facility, uh, we'll probably be ramping up quite a bit and double our employee number.
2: I do want to ask you about that in a minute. What about you, Scott? How many? How big is Clegg's
1: now? Well, we probably have about eighty people on payroll right now, and as spring comes in, we'll ramp up. Uh, we'll have uh, over a hundred.
2: And and as we alluded to a few minutes ago at the introduction, COVID was, you you were one of the businesses that really did well with
1: COVID. Yes, it it helped out our our business quite a bit. Uh, You know, you get sometimes, or I sometimes, that guilty feeling, other people having such a hard time losing their jobs, losing their businesses. But with so many people at home and free time and uh, you know, just trying to stay busy. So many people were in their yard gardening. Uh, They were doing flowers, they were planting trees. They were uh, sometimes redoing the house and then having to to replant around the house. Uh, Vegetable gardens, vegetable gardening, uh, I've never seen the request for vegetable material as we had had last year. It's just pretty
2: So how did, and this isn't to pick on Clegg's, how did the you know nurseries manage to stay open under the, the the first restrictive executive orders? How did y'all qualify as an essential business, I guess?
1: Well, we sell uh, vegetable plants, transplants, okay. and seeds, and uh, Clegg's is also a true value hardware store affiliate, so uh, we have home repair materials. So that, that got us in uh, with an open door
2: and that probably helped
1: it did, it did. yeah and, um, and you know people I, I had people questioning whether we were um, you know necessary or not but uh, some people I cannot tell you how many people came in and said that this was their mental uh, stimulation and their and their relief factor to come in get some flowers go home and work in the yard that was their uh, their relief of all the mental stress from COVID so
2: Yes. So there was a behavioral health yes. component to, to, to the, that's great. Diane. Yeah. So you mentioned the tire shredder and, and I think a lot of people that perhaps never heard of Balm in Baton Rouge before all of a sudden you were all over the headlines last year because of, of this, you know, an issue and you were going to get a contract with the city to, to do the tire shredder and then the city messed up, but you're going to move forward operating a tire shredder Anyway, right?
3: Right. We just got our administratively complete on our uh, permit for the scrap tire. We purchased a facility at 100 Springfield Road in North Baton Rouge. Um, it's right, it's a large warehouse building on the left hand side of Highway 61, right before it splits to 964 and 61 keeps going. And uh, that's 100,000 square feet uh, under roof warehouse space will allow us to have a shredder and start uh, production of. Um, waste tires into products.
2: Well, that's fantastic. And then this will help reduce the, the you know, number of, of, you know, abandoned waste tires that contribute to blight and mosquitoes and everything else?
3: Slowly, hopefully slowly but surely. Uh, first, uh, you know, your business model has to um, take, there is a sort of a, um, an education level that we have to give a lot of people because there's two types of tires in Louisiana. There's eligible tires and ineligible tires. And eligible tires are the ones that when you go to a tire repair store and you change your tires out, you see on your invoice where you pay this DEQ recycling fee, which is just $2.25. That goes into an escrow fund, which goes into DEQ. Those tires that I pick up from a retail tire store or Sam's or whatever it may be, we get money for that to recycle that. The tires that are sort of abandoned, thrown on the road and in, in ditches and everything, those are called ineligible tires. DEQ will not reimburse us for us. So that's why it's always been a problem with the current scrap tires because they don't want to pick those up because they never get reimbursed from it from DEQ to process it. So since the other tire processors in the state really don't have an end product, they really don't have something to produce out of it, they can't make any money off of it. So it's a it's a loss. If they pick it up, they have they can't do anything with it so we'll be able to pick up those tires because we'll be able to actually use those in a product and we can make our money off of the back end rather than the front end and that's always been the problem with tires you see tires everywhere is because ineligible tires are the ones that cause problems and those are generally from people who and it's not just from your guy who just you know throws his tires it's usually i mean and i don't want to point the finger at all used tire stores but used tires are a big thing you know not everybody can afford $100 $100 a tire, you know, so they resell tires that have good tread on them and they resell them uh, at, to uh, markets that for affordability for some people and then at the end of their life cycle that's not tied to cents. Uh, so instead of paying to get rid of it, they'll dump it. And that's normally what's done and, you know, people and the landfill doesn't want to take it. Nobody wants to take it and so it just winds up just accumulating and uh, that's sort of been the problem that's need to be solved is how to find a route for those ineligible tires everybody will come the current process will come get the eligible tires because they'll get paid for it but what do we do with the tires that nobody wants or dt won't reimburse
2: well that is going to keep you busy i know in the in the new year and uh, we will look forward to hearing more about it scott what's on your plate for the for 2021 well
1: we are Uh, already engaged in trying to prep ourselves for the spring and the rest of the year for 2021. Um, My business partner Tom is working uh, lots of hours trying to find material. The demand for plant materials last year was so high that they oversold uh, their materials and so coming into the new year some items are not as available as before. Um, We are lucky with CLEGS we have a lot of surplus area Tom's out on the road right now trying to find and buy these items so that we have plenty to get through our season. Uh, Color Division is uh, loading up with plants, starting their first crops so that they'll be ready in time. And everybody else at the retail stores is just trying to get things tidied up and clean up the mess that we pushed to the side the last time we were busy
2: well scott ricka and diane Baum, you both are making baton rouge and louisiana a more beautiful place to be and a healthier place to live it's encouraging to know that you both have so much experience in your respective fields and are bringing a level of expertise to your businesses it's been a pleasure to hear your stories thanks so much for being with me today and for taking time to be on out to lunch Thank thank you so much My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Diane Baum of Baum Environmental and Scott Ricca of Clegg's Nursery. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Baum Environmental and Clegg's Nursery by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website. It's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for It'sBatonRouge.LA and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Ruschuti And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino, Dave Winwood, and Anne Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch.
0: Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Manser's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Manser's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. Joneswalker.com And by...